You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Indians brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So as of yet, the Indians have had no free agent signings uh, from the undrafted uh, group. There have been some guys signing who were ranked in the top 500 or so prospects. I haven't really looked specifically to see uh, if it's anyone outside of the four to 500 range. But still, I mean, even high school players are signing. And why would a high school player conceivably sign? Because yes, while you can only give $20,000 as a signing bonus, those contracts always come with uh, a clause that says they'll pay for tuition if a player goes back to college. Now, if you're a player who even had like a 90% scholarship, or if you're a player who all of a sudden is not guaranteed playing time, having that in your back pocket and knowing that you can move on and go play baseball and collect $20,000 plus $400 a week for a little bit of time and then having hopefully a full opportunity next year might appeal, especially if you come from a lower income family, which is, again, part of the reason I'm really annoyed by the draft this year because it does target those types of players. But we'll have to see. Um... I talked about how agents know who's good and who isn't and uh, which teams are taking care of their players, and it shows because the team that is doing the best far and away is the Kansas City Royals. Um, They are signing multiple, multiple. I think they've actually signed now that I think about it. Uh, Let me double check real quick. So just to go back to the first point, yes, they're having players signed outside of the top 400. Go over to Kansas City. Again, an ownership group that had agreed to take care of its players that was not going to cut anyone and is going to one of the first ones to sit back and say we will pay you all the way through uh they signed Saul Garza who was 379 on BA's list John McMillan who was 357 AJ Block who was 20th on the undrafted seniors Tucker Bradley who was 317 Chase Wallace who was 440 and the big one here, Kale uh, Ermsoff, who was 174, a top 200 prospect. Uh, I mean, that's quite a haul. When you get right down to it, it's like that's a pretty good, you know, day three of the draft. And because Kansas City showed that they're going to step up and take care of people, Kansas City's rocking it right now in the undrafted free agent market. The Cubs have signed a bunch of guys. Uh, Scott Kobos is the name that stands out to me, but only two players ranked very highly. Uh, just I'm using BA's thing because it's just kind of the easiest way to scroll through. Um, the Reds have a few signings. The Astros have a few signings. The Brewers, the Yankees have gotten on the board. Oakland. Now, it's kind of interesting that Philly. Now, originally they were not going to pay everyone in their minors uh, the same freight, but they were able to get uh, one top uh top 500 prospect oakland's got a pair of guys but again that's gonna be a last ditch place san diego which agreed to take care of its players has a two in the top 500 and gosh what six total including a a high school player uh st louis has got quite a few toronto got a top 200 guy and then the Washington Nationals, I, I don't know if they've gone back and, and changed their whole thing where they're going to pay 300 instead of 400 a week. Anyway, you shake it out, though. Uh, teams are starting to sign talent, and there are some interesting players out there who are signing. There are some very talented players that are signing. And again, Kansas City made the right calls, made the right moves, said they weren't going to cut anyone, and they haven't. Uh, they weren't going to... Uh, 
make anyone, they weren't going to fire anyone. Basically, they agreed to take care of their players and their staff, and it's paying off for them. And I talked about that before the draft, if you listen, that agents know. <laughs> I talk with agents. Agents know uh, who's going to be a class organization and who isn't, and more than ever, that stuff matters. Now, as promised for today's show, uh, let's talk about some of the guys from 2019. Let's finish our look at that draft class, talking about players the Indians did not sign. We've talked about uh, everyone else from that draft class. And let's see, we have one, two, three, four, five, six players to talk about. Six players the Indians did not sign for 2019. How has it worked out for those players? We're just going to go in order, talking about the... who they failed to sign. The first player they failed to sign was Armani Sanchez from Regan High School in Houston, Texas. Shortstop, probably the uh, highest, most well-regarded player, if not him, Jonathan French, who they took uh, with the 30th overall selection. Those are the two guys that really stood out. Sanchez was all set and committed for Oklahoma. And then in a case we see more often than not, and frankly, uh, what does not work more often than not, is he decommitted, decided to go to San Jacinto Junior College, and that would make him draft eligible in a year. Uh, this does not work out very often. Like, I would never advise a player to take that route. Um, going through and looking at the number of players, uh, if you have a chance to go play for a major college, go play for a major college. It's a better, you're going to get better coaching, better development. Uh, now, San Jacinto is a fantastic junior college. Uh, going there more often than not would work out. Uh, it's it's a great place to go for baseball. Not so much for Sanchez. Again, very sh- uh, short season. He got in 17 games. That's 48 plate appearances. But it was rough. Uh, 147 average, 362 on base, 206 slugging. So you can tell by the uh, the on base that at least he had 11 walks, which is pretty good in the uh, 48 plate appearances walking. Uh, nearly a quarter of the time. That's what stands out. Um, Seven strikeouts is a high amount as well. Again, it's very limited. It's hard to really take a whole lot from 17 games, but that's not an ideal situation. And then with the craziness of the world today, Sanchez was, you know, set to hopefully go and raise his profile, and he clearly wanted to re-enter the draft. Uh, It did not occur, and We'll see. I, I don't think he's going to necessarily be one of those kids who signs, but uh, did not get an opportunity to prove himself. Now, the next player I mentioned, in the 30th round, they took Jonathan French, a catcher. In a February 7th scrimmage, he broke his leg. Missed the entire year, red shirt for him. So not much to talk about with French, just uh, the fact that he got himself hurt, broken leg, before the season even began, and basically... I mean, everyone kind of got a redshirt year in a, in a way, but uh, for French, it was an entirely lost season. Uh, no games played at all for him at Clemson. The Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's how we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Lockdown is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donations along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com backslash Black Lives Matter. Our first sponsor today is Built Bar. Built Bar is currently in the process of getting rid of their entire catalog. They're going to, I'm very curious to see what they're going to roll out next because I do like a lot of these flavors. Uh, but they are doing 50% off right now. 
That's right, 50% off of all of their bars. It's a closeout inventory. If you're curious to try, everything's 50% off. And then I believe you can, that's if you do four or more boxes, you get 50% off. And then you can also still use the locked on uh, tag. Use locked on as your promo code and get an additional 10% off. So this is your chance to try, go out, get four boxes, and just load up on... Uh, what I consider to be some fantastic flavors. And you can still try some of those new ones. The pineapple upside down and the coconut pecan I've enjoyed. Uh, it makes me tempted to want to do the peanut butter banana. But they also have brought out some of the old ones like caramel peanut. Um, man, they are selling out. They sold out of the Samoa bunt cake. I'm like, oh, that would have been good. Cookie dough sold out. Uh, key lime pie. Lemon meringue pie. Strawberry. A lot of fun flavors, still some good ones left. So go over to BuiltBar.com, use that promo code locked on, check it out for yourself. BrockAuto.com. Now, when I've talked about them before, I am not a car person. I can't change my own oil. I, I've never even attempted it, nor will I ever attempt it, more than likely. But RockAuto.com, even though I know nothing about cars, makes it easy for me to find parts for my car. It's a simple menu. It's really nice. You can always pull it up on your phone. Next time you have to get something fixed, make sure that they are not hosing you at, with the mechanic or where you're going for parts. And remember, when you go to rockauto.com and they have a little box in there, it's like, how did you find out about us? You're going to type in there, locked on, and that lets them know that their advertising worked, that advertising on our network is great, and that, you should that they should continue to do it. rockauto.com. Go check it out right now. It's you know completely free to go and look at their inventory, see how easy it is. You'll agree. It's a great product, a great site, rockauto.com. Okay. I always say okay after the break, and i got to break myself of that. Uh, I'm sure people out there, you agree with me uh, in that regard, much like my uhs, uh, uh, which it seems to happen all the time. Uh, and right, see, see, I defaulted to it right there. But Ryan Ramsey is the next player the Indians did not sign in this draft class. Taken in the 36th round, uh, 1,090 overall, a Montvel, New Jersey kid. He went to Maryland, and he appeared in four, in, four appearances in relief this year against uh, Iona, Rhode Island, Coastal Carolina, and Bryant. Not the biggest kid at 6 feet, 190. Getting the chance to work out of the pen as a freshman is not uncommon so I, I don't think it was a great year because it was shortened, but he didn't have a bad year either. So let's keep going. Next player up. Keep clicking the wrong tabs. We have Jake Eisler, who was a junior out of Texas Christian, who had never really had a chance to start, and that's what I wrote in my profile about him, that if he went back, he could maybe start and get that opportunity and fly up draft boards. Instead, he quit baseball. Uh, did not pitch at all for TCU. I was digging around, and what I found was that he had quit baseball, that he had just made that decision that it was not going to be his future, and he was done with it. So Eisler was, uh, this was the end of his baseball career. His last big thing was being drafted by the Indians. Next up, Jake Harrell. He went to Fresno State out of Sanger High School in Sanger, California. And not the strongest uh, of runs for him. He had seven appearances and one start, uh, an ERA over eight, a whip of nearly two and a half, pitched in 10 innings, gave up 
11 earned runs, walked 8, did manage to strike out 6, but gave up 2 home runs. Uh, not the best start for Harrell. He'll have an opportunity to turn it around and uh, to improve down the line as a, as a pitcher. And then the last guy who the Indians took from Spanish Fork High School in Utah with the final selection for them in the 2019 draft, uh, 1,210th overall, they took Cy Nelson, a pitcher. Now, Nelson went to BYU, and what stands out for him is he actually was a starter from day one for BYU. Uh, in my mind, nope. Yeah, he's a lefty. I was like, in my mind, he's a lefty. He bats right, but throws left. Uh, but the lefty went to BYU, got a chance to start, and four starts, 21 innings. And this is what's impressive to me. A strikeout per nine of 11.57, a walk per nine of 2.57. Keep your eye on Cy Nelson. Just going to say that. Like, it was very small sample size, so we're going to have to see. But of all the players we talked about here, Cy Nelson is the most intriguing one. Armani Sanchez, Jonathan French, those were bigger names. Uh, Nelson was their final pick, which uh, it doesn't really matter when you're talking about guys that they know they're not going to sign. But for Nelson to go out and pitch as well as he did, that that stands out for me. So keep your eye on him. Keep your eye on Cy Nelson at BYU. Uh, see if he can extend this when they get it out of the you know the pre-conference schedule, which is often weaker. But I mean, he was dynamite in the early going. That's you can't ask for a better performance for a freshman pitcher. So those are the guys the Indians did not sign from 2019. Um, I was going back through the numbers, and it is interesting to like look at 2018. And I was looking at some names because I accidentally started in the wrong class. It's like Andrew. Uh, Eister, who went to UNC and played well. Spencer Schwallenbach, who's at uh, Nebraska playing well. Uh, Casey Legumia, I feel like, was already an older player. I wonder if he got drafted in 2019 uh, and returned with someone else. Uh, Let's see, 2019, yeah, eighth-round pick to the Twins. So uh, the Indians ended up losing him to the Twins. A few other interesting players in that class uh, at various spots. But if you listen to my draft podcast, there was a name that stood out from the 2017 draft that I kind of want to dig into. Now, the 2017 draft had a lot of interesting names, and that is why Scott Kobos stood out, because he was taken by the Indians in the 2017 draft, draft uh, uh, 38th round. Now, this is also the draft where the Indians drafted Austin Martin, who, yes, the same one who's the fifth pick in the draft with the 37th overall pick. They drafted Asa Lacey with the 31st overall pick. Yes, that one as well. Uh, Casey Opitz, I do not think, ended up getting drafted. Uh, He was with the 27th overall pick. He was kind of a big name at the time. Uh, Spencer Strider went in the fifth round of this year's class. The Indians took him with the 35th overall pick that year. Um, I kind of have to go look at the rest of these guys. But a name that stood out, uh, and it stood out when I was doing the draft class at the time, was Cole Turney. Now, Cole Turney was a potential first-round outfielder, went to Oklahoma and barely played, and then from there, it's the fun game of trying to track down exactly, you know, what he has become or what he has done. And, you know, with all of this class, it's kind of that way. It's like I was pulling up who they took in the uh, Jorge Aronio, who was a, a high school kid, who went to Santa Barbara and just has not gotten opportunities there. Or there's, you know, Josh uh, Roulette, who was taken in the 18th, I'm sorry, 18th round out of high school. 2017, he's taken, 
wait, he didn't, yes, he, wait, he actually signed, so I apologize. Uh, you know, and there's some, like, Cole Kletsky, who the Indians took in the 40th round, and then the Mets took him in the 33rd round in 2019, and he signed. But Cole Turney started out at Arkansas, did not really get a chance to play, uh, that year he got all of nine plate appearances in four games. Now, he was a pretty big recruit for that program. He goes to the Northwoods League and has a 180 batting average, 380 on base, 323 slugging. And it, he was undersized, like six feet tall, but he's a solidly built kid with some good power potential. This is where it gets interesting because, I mean, this is a player who was viewed as a potential first-round pick at points. And where does he end up? San Jacinto College, where we talked about with Armando, uh, Ar- Armandi Sanchez, or Armani Sanchez, I should say. Now, Turney did not get drafted this year. He is still an interesting uh, developmental guy. I thought uh, some of the things on draft day, you know, I was curious to look at uh, some of his retweets. I'm like, is he committed to go to Mississippi State, or does he just have friends there? Um I think it was just friends and some of the things he is uh, retweeting with stuff with that and players he knows. But at San Jacinto State, let's talk about what Cole Turney did this year. So let's just start at the very beginning with Turney. Uh, Coach Van Horn in Arkansas told everyone there there would be no way Turney would ever make it to campus. And this is from hogbeat.com. They had that. And I agree, he was viewed as one of the best players in Texas and a potential first-round pick gets hurt during his senior year and I didn't realize it was that injury that mostly kept him off the diamond and limited his appearances uh only appeared in those four games he goes to San Jacinto College as a sophomore and gets hurt again uh misses basically that entire year Uh, now there was some talk that it might have been a transfer thing but typically that doesn't happen when you transfer to a, a lower division school and then this year, uh, I don't know why he did not get in a lot of games. He did not. But the talent is obviously there enough that uh, he committed to go play for Houston in the middle of May. So another name to look out for. Now, he's going to be uh, an age, you know, a senior, basically. Uh, and he's going to get a chance to go there as a senior and try to show why he was viewed as a potential first-round pick. Uh, an interesting guy to follow if you've been an Indians fan, just because, again, this is someone who... Uh, they drafted from uh, a class that you go back a few years, and it's like it's a class that produced two future top five picks. Now, at the time, they knew they couldn't sign Martin and Lacey, but uh, still, uh, at that time, Martin and Lacey were not as big of a names as Cole Turney was. So it's always interesting to look at this stuff, look at those names. And this is also where I say, like, Man, Turney might have just been better off staying at Arkansas. Uh, that was the year both him and Bryce Bonin and Jackson Rutledge, like a bunch of players departed at the end of the year. Um, while it worked out for Rutledge, I don't know. You know, Bonin ended up sliding to the third round, and Turney's still looking to get drafted again to make enough of an impact. So uh, I'm always going to advise anyone who has that opportunity to go to the big program that recruits you. Uh, kept Brown a few years ago, didn't go to Miami, and that always stood out. And I, I don't know if he ended up in the pros or not. Zach Shannon was a big Ohio kid uh, prospect who ended up going the JUCO route instead of going to Ohio State. Um, and, I mean, eventually as a you know 50-year senior, he was a day three pick. Uh, it was nice to see that because I'd been following him for a while at that time just because, 
you know, there wasn't, uh, there have not been that many prep talents from Ohio, Ohio who have gotten first round run in recent years. Um, I'm sure there's other players I just can't think of off the top of my head, but I'm always going to advise any player that has, you know, an, even a half scholarship or better, go to the big program, go to the established coaches, go and see where development is strong, because that is your best chance of getting drafted in the future. Teams mine specific programs, and it's very easy to see um, where those programs are. Now, Houston, uh, I have to go look at the coaching staff there. There was a time where, in particular, their pitching staff was always uh, excellent and a place the Indians would mine heavily, as would other programs. But uh, I can't speak to it right now off the top of my head. I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, Another week, another uh, fun time of baseball, uh, just having its ugly spats in public. So we have that to look forward to. Uh, as a break post draft for me, just three episodes this week. I will be back on Wednesday and we'll do some more historical pieces. Uh, you can always leave me questions on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. Hit me up on my Facebook page, uh, Jeff Ellis MLB Draft, uh, with questions so I can do a reader, ma- reader mail edition on the uh, podcast. And as always, thank you. You are the ones who allow this podcast to continue going. I've been Jeff Ellis. You have been fantastic. And as always, go Tribe.